All right, let's do this again. This is the On to Something podcast. My name is Zane Witcher, and I'm glad to be in your headphones right now. This is basically a podcast for anyone who is building a life or wants to walk with people who are in the early stages of building their life. We try to talk about like tools to navigate life, best practices for transitions, helpful questions, and every once in a while we try to make it fun as well. We are on to the last oh, little brand plug there on to. Um, we are on our final episode of season four. We have made each of these interviews from people who either embody or love talking about or writing about the things that are kind of the core pillars of onto something. So today I am bringing on a friend who I absolutely love, Armani Crawford. We've done ministry together. Uh, He is a man of God. He's a good friend. Uh, He has this very unique kind of three lane thing that you hear me talk about with him of like, uh, you know, he went to school for law. He writes music. I'm pretty sure at one point, one of his songs were, uh, were submitted to Jason Derulo. I mean, small name drop there when he said it, but, uh, and don't let him fool you. He is also like a speaker, preacher, pastor at heart, even though he doesn't, uh, like to identify in that realm. But, uh, the thing that I appreciate the most about him is he has a wonderful balance of training and education but he also sees potential and practicality in so many different ways and doesn't just rely on what he's been trained in uh, to move about and engage in life. So I love it. A couple things to be listening for on this one. Uh, At his core, I find him to be the most helpful person that talks about how transformation for you to change at its core involves some form of change or challenge for growth to happen. And I really, really appreciate his words with that. He also talks uh, a really great deal about reframing, uh, how to have multiple fields of interest and how to look at that in the future. So anyways, without further ado, I hope you enjoy Minecraft. Okay, so if you haven't, if you haven't met Armani before, we're gonna let him introduce himself in a second. Uh, but here, here's a couple things that I'd say. We've First of all, we've we've been put in spaces together. Like, I mean, what it was like a year ago. You and I were driving in like the backwoods of West Texas <laughs> yes. in a U-Haul in together. A U-Haul. Exactly like, right. Why? I know we need like, a lot more so context, we, but yes, that was all. All of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've definitely we've definitely had some moments together as friends where it's like. Yeah, I can't believe we're doing this right now. And usually it's my fault that we're doing that. But uh, we've been we've been in ministry together. Probably the only person I've heard talk about the gospel where you still find a way to integrate basketball mm. into the Beatitudes. Yes, sir. Uh, that's that's a gift uh, for sure. But I think I think the thing that I wish I wish people would know that I just don't know if we can embody it in a podcast for people to get is like you're always doing something like like even before we even hopped on this call i'm like of course of course you're doing this in court but like but like you've been doing two degrees Mm -hmm. like i remember i remember a while back i like you're just the type of guy that's like yeah it's thursday at three o'clock i have no idea what our mind could be he could be producing music right now he could be off speaking or preaching he could be off trying to get a degree could be off snacking somewhere 
it, one time you like you just posted you were doing a music video on top of a car. Oh yeah. I mean like things like that that's like yeah. you got to be joking me. Like so so like I want people to understand how just like how you've got a hand just at a lot of different things that's like really fun. I mean how 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 would one of your friends describe you like if they were like talking oh. about money? Like like how would they describe you? I don't think I would want to share how they would describe me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but no, I, I don't know. I think uh, like I'm I'm real laid back, so I'm always I'm always down for an adventure, um, yes. especially if it involves food. Um, and so, really, like I, I think for me, I just think uh, I, I grew up like being very interested in just life, and so that led me in a lot of different mm-hmm. directions. Uh, and over time, some things stuck more than others. And so, like I've always kind of rejected the idea that I had to just kind of put all my effort into one thing. Cause I don't think humans are necessarily made to be that way. I think we have different gifts for a reason. Um, and so I've, I'm still trying to figure out that balance really of like, when do I do what and kind of what should take up the majority of my time or kind of what will be my thing. So it, yeah, I'm still very much so in that kind of uh, the discernment process, I would say. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And let me, I'll throw you a question at some point that um, you can unpack that a little bit more. Cause I, I, I think you hit nail on the head of like, this has been one of your gifts, but it's been a gift of like navigation mm-hmm. um, for you with it. <clears throat> Sorry, apparently I'm getting emotional over this. Yeah, right. It's so okay, cool. right? I know. Uh, <laughs> give uh, give people kind of like uh, like uh, past five years, kind of what like the roadmap has looked like, or maybe like if we were to make your past five years a book, kind of give us like what are the chapter breaks, the major pieces. And then just kind of let people know where are you today and what you're doing based off of that. Yeah. Uh, so the last five years, um, I definitely have to paint it as like the Pepperdine years. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably how I will start off. Like uh, okay. I moved out to California when I was 18 from upstate New York. Uh, didn't know a single, Dang. didn't know a single person. Dang. Like I never visited Pepperdine, came out a week before school started. And so like I, it was a very, very new experience. But throughout the years, like I I finished undergrad there and I stayed for my graduate Mm -hmm. degree. And so it was still the same campus, a lot of the same people. So it kind of felt like a continuation in in large part because I was around Mm -hmm. like the exact same people just taking different classes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would have to kind of extend it past the last five years in terms of the Pepperdine years. But really about like five years ago, a little over five years ago is when I felt like a lot of things in my life kind of broke down like systematically all at the same time. And it left me just kind of out wondering kind of who I was and what I wanted to do. Um, And then that led me to, it was during that season that I first started to like have experiences of God. And really I felt Mm -hmm. like the first time I was hearing from him. And so I feel like those, then I kind of entered into my, like my discovery years where I I went from knowing a lot about God to getting to know God. Like I had read the Bible. I had Mm. knew a lot of facts, but I didn't have like a real, I didn't know God. Like, all of a sudden I'm having an experience where I feel like I'm hearing from God or experiencing things that can't be explained except for providence. And so I went into a season where it was just like a wonderland. Like, I don't know what's going on, but something is happening in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it stirred up so much in me that I just wanted to continue to learn. And so that's when I entered my MDiv program at Pepperdine. They had a, a joint mm-hmm. degree program that no one had did like in the last 20 years. And so uh, we figured it out. Like time to wake that bad boy up. <laughs> exactly. I said something going on. And I need some help with this. So come on. 
and so and then I just felt like a- after that I went into just a season of like I felt just like perpetual disappointments just like hmm. whatever it was it was like my spirit would get up for it and it would be just disappointment and so I learned how to I learned a lot about God I learned a lot about his comfort I learned a lot about his ways and because I was always like felt like I was going through something I just it forced me to spend more time with God and in that space I just felt like I started to just learn even more about him learn about his his mindset how he orders things how people are ordered how life works um and so I don't I don't know if that's not a very succinct like I feel like my book wouldn't be super chapter oriented in this way maybe more more like poetry or a song or a track listing you know mm, um wow yeah that is on brand for you gotta go from song to song uh, it's like well this happened in my life and here's a lot of things i learned from this and here's a song about it um yeah i like storytelling in that way um because i feel like a lot of times our stories aren't necessarily as linear as we like to think yeah. i think as scripture says we go from glory to glory you know we're actually just moving from one level of understanding to another um, and that's not necessarily linear. That's that's on a whole nother, you know, plane that's ordered by God. And so it's just, I think, a willingness to engage the journey. It's been it's been crazy, um, but it's been a joy. Out of it, I got three degrees, uh, a degree in rhetoric and leadership, which is really just a fancy way of saying a communication degree. But I love it because it makes me sound grandiloquent and cool. And that, and that, was, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the undergrad degree, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then the Masters of Divinity and, and the Law Degree. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. Which was how many years of school altogether? Uh, nine total. Ooh, yeah, I know. I, exactly. So you know something's off of my discernment. So you already know. Something's off of this brother's discernment. <laughs> so pray for me. Or he's got endurance right. beyond belief. Because it takes that to be able to complete what you right. completed. Yeah, exactly. Amen. So I'm, cur- I'm curious when you kind of tell that. First of all, the like, I wouldn't go by chapter breakdowns. That is like... You're so right. Like you would, you would tell a publisher, you'd be like, no, 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 this isn't how, if we're going to tell our money story, this is not the way it could get to. I'm curious because like, like you, through God, you are so capable and so gifted in so many ways. It's really fascinating that you like started your story with talking about like, there's been breakdowns because I feel like for um, a lot of men that sit in the chair that you sit in, uh, they wouldn't start their story with breakdown. They would describe what you've done these past five years and everything that like led up to that as achievement oriented. Like I'm thriving. I'm in my zone. Do you mind? Do you mind kind of like unpacking? Like what were the breakdowns that kind of drew you like to God in the first place before you even started the journey over with Pepperdine? Yeah, the things that really drew me to God. Like I, when I was super young, I just always had like. I've always, like, I always loved ministers. Like whenever we had a guest minister come to our church, I would always ask my mom, can I write to him? Um, I was just always fascinated by people who were just in the ministry. I like, I tried to evangelize everyone, like when I was like four or five on the playground. And so, and, and just always had people kind of speak that into me. But like, once I got to like middle school, I realized like, wait a second, I don't, I don't want to actually be a minister. Like that does not seem cool to me. It seems like a very stressful job. <laughs> People don't seem very thankful. Like, I feel like I do a lot of other things than that. And so I was like, I'm not doing that. And so like, I really was, had no plans of that, but it was through the breakdowns that I feel like it, it created the space for God himself to speak to me about how he created me and what he had in store for me. Like Ephesians talks about how, you know, there, there are good works that God has planned for us in advance for us to do, you know? And so I feel like he, he is the one that's preparing and shaping and molding us so that when we come to these 
moments that God has prepared for us ourselves to do to advance his kingdom, we're prepared for him. And, and scripture says that that's actually his job. And so um, our job is really to have as less resistance as possible. That is to say, I had a lot of resistance um, for yeah. what God naturally wanted me to do. And so the amount of breakdowns is really just, I, I think, the best signs of my rebellion in many ways. Like God, yeah. God was saying from heaven, like, I created you to be this, but I find you here doing this. Or I created you to, to think in this way, but I find you thinking this way. I created you to be a man of faith, but I see you depending only upon your works. I created you to be a man who speaks yeah. my truth, but I find you only using your gifts to to entice people to do the wrong things. And so all of a sudden you see that there's a lot of, there's going to have to be a lot of breakdowns in order for God to get me back in alignment with him. And so a lot of times, like that's why scripture says, don't, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. It's how he treats his children. He's actually just burning away the things that are going to prohibit you from accepting your rightful inheritance, which is going to be far greater than anything our hands could grab for in the first place. And so it's, I think, but it's just, just the process of learning that that's so difficult because in the, in the moment, it just feels like my, my world is deconstructing and everything I yeah. knew to be true. Now I don't know what's true. And then now everything, including your foundation, which is, which should be God is shaken. And then what does that happen when your very foundation is shaken? And so it, it, it can be a very troubling time. Yeah. And that, that hearing you just reflect on that makes me think of like, I think, I think one of the things I've really like appreciated and learned from the times when I've seen you either make something musically or you speak words is I think you, I think you have a really good grasp on um, there's people who are really good in life at saying suffering has hit and this really sucks Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry you're going through it. And it's not that you don't do that, but I do feel that you have very much a voice for what refinement looks like through mm-hmm. suffering and there's almost like i've seen you once or twice talk about suffering in a way that i'm like oh people are just not gonna they're not gonna take that in whatsoever <laughs> and they do like, they're, they're like oh yeah mommy's right like this is something that like is gonna refine me and not like <laughs> kill me yeah. with it and i think i think that that's a testimony to how much you've walked with god with it um to be able to have a maturity of like okay this wouldn't be my choice but i mean this is um, the gap between my expectations and where my life is and God is actually going to be found in the midst of that. So let's open our eyes to find that, which I think is a very unique voice mm-hmm. uh, to er- have early on. Cause I, I don't hear people have that until maybe like after their fifties, <laughs> usually is when that voice comes about. Right. And, and I, yeah. I think you're right. And I think that in large part, I've realized that I think it's the the global church at large, like the church at large, that's done a bad job of of really preaching mm-hmm. preaching the Bible. You know what I mean? Like of really mm-hmm. helping us see the manifest wisdom of God. Where, like C.S. Lewis has this great quote where he says, "Like the the road is hard, but the map is clear." Mm-hmm. And and there's going to be mm-hmm. times where like the scripture is is very clear. Like the map is clear. It's like this is like there are certain ways that God works with His people works with his loved ones, how he accomplishes great things. When he shows up, when you read scripture, all the answers are there. Like the, the map is clear, but when we read it, the road is clearly hard. Like we, we see people struggling. We see doubt. We see struggle. We see confusion, utter confusion, because his ways are not our ways. And so I just feel like the more I read scripture, the more I looked at life, the more I listened to people's actual stories. It just kept, I just kept hearing the same thing. And we're just like the way, the way up is in the kingdom is down. 
you know, mm-hmm. and the, the way to build is to be willing to deconstruct. Like, like, like Jesus says, whoever is, was willing to lose their life, those are going to be the ones I guarantee are going to find it. Mm-hmm. But we're still shocked every time <laughs> something gets turned over right. in our world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that would be that would be counter gospel for people to actually hear more than yeah. more than you're just going to be OK. Like you're not going to be just OK. There's actually going to be something different that's going to be born out of right. you with it. And, and I'll, I'll even say, like, be worried if you're not if something is not deconstructing. Be worried if you're not suffering mm. in some way. If you if you have no affliction, if you feel like you're just so, so secure and that you have had any struggles or troubles or trials or nothing's shift needs changing, it's it's you've probably placed something else that you have control over as your God, which is why nothing else is being required of you. And so, I don't know. It's just over time you start to realize, like, I think just the reality of, of what's actually happening spiritually. Oh man. See, Armani, I missed a, I missed a terrible opportunity because I could have made this podcast a drinking game. Of <laughs> how long would it have taken for us to get to C.S. Lewis? Mm, come on. Or Spurgeon? Come on, Spurgeon. Yeah, like, I, it, it would go... <laughs> I knew that one would set you up. <laughs> Chesterton gives the play every once in a while, but like I should, I should have stated that in the very beginning to see how long it would take before we got there. And I mean, you pulled it out like nobody's business. You're like, yeah, it's been about ten minutes. It's time for S.E.S. Lewis quote. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, t- talk a little, talk a little bit more. Just as you're thinking, like, what? How old are you at this point? Twenty-seven. What do you think the insights are that you've taken away now that you've had seven years on your twenties? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's some stuff that that you've learned or you are learning as you've gone through twenties? Boy, uh, great is His faithfulness. Great, <laughs> great. I mean, great because like my twenties have been like ever since I really right when I turned twenty, it's like when I felt like life started to deconstruct. And I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's been a series of very deep and grave disappointments, a lot of heartache, like a lot of loss. Like what? Um, like, well, the initially uh, kind of what started everything was the girl I was dating that I had every intention of marrying that the, mm-hmm. that relationship fell apart. Um, I found out a, a couple weeks later that one of my mentors, one of my spiritual mentors at the time, somehow, some way, like thought it was prudent to set up my ex with one of my friends friends during that time and i found out about it like hmm. I, and all a lot of this happened that, that same day school was hard for the first time um hmm. one of my best friends in the world had just gotten shot hmm. several times um he ended up dying exactly a year later but hmm. those few months were just like literally everything that i my life had just like i just felt like i was standing there i didn't know who i was or what was going on life got crazy but it was in that season where god just started to speak in the one week i got five job offers to work at five different churches. And I had, and I, and I had never applied. I had never stated I want to work at a church. I never put that anywhere. All of a sudden it just dawned on five different people. Hey, like we see something in you. Would you like a job at our church? And so all that happened while everything was deconstructing, that was also happening. And I'm hearing Uh from God for the first time. And so life was deconstructing, but something inside of me spiritually was starting to be built. Um, Uh And God's continued to build that ever since. He's been he's been adding, he's been refining, he's really been kind of making making his home. So So a lot a lot of people's reaction, like when I mean that sounds like just a bang, bang, bang play of like all the like terrible things that could shift on you in life. Most people's reaction is 
God is not faithful because all the, not only is it like, this feels like too much to bear altogether, but this just happening in self feels unfaithful. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what's your response? Because I mean, if you're coming out of the other end of that saying God's faithfulness is stronger than ever, then like maybe, maybe give faithfulness a more dynamic definition Mm. for, for people. Yes. Uh, Oh, that's a great question. I think the first thing I would say is that I would, number one, I would just agree with them. I would say, absolutely. Like that's exactly how it feels. That's exactly what it appears to be. That's exactly what it's going to feel like. And that's, that's the first step. Like that's, I would say that's your surest sign that you're heading in the right direction. That if that's what you're thinking right now and that's just occurred, yeah, you're probably on the right path. That was my first step too. That's that's most people's first step. And it's throughout the process though that you start to realize. It's, and part of the wisdom is going to be in hindsight. You're going to realize like, wow, in that season, like that was the worst season of my life. Like those past couple months, like there were nights I cried myself to sleep. I didn't have an appetite. I was discouraged. Heartaches mm-hmm. just set in. And yet... I got encouragement, like some like things showed up at the right time. Uh, the faithfulness of God shone through. He he spoke, something happened, and you're starting to realize like, oh, during that season, he was right there walking right next to me as well. And you don't realize that at the time, but but that does something to your spirit when when you realize like, wow, like when life got crazy, somebody else was right there with me. Hmm. And you can't quite put that into words as well as you want at first. But over time, once you start to really start to rest with that presence. Uh, and then over time, you, you start to realize that that the trials are really invitations to learn more about God. Like mm. if, if, if Jesus himself, if scripture is telling me that Jesus himself learned, like he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Mm-hmm. And, and obedience to God is the best thing you can do because it's it snaps you right into alignment with heaven. So, for me, my, one of my personal rules is that I give myself as much intellectual freedom as I possibly need. I can think anything so long as I do what I need to do. So long as at the end of the day, like, for example, there have been times where I have wondered all day whether I should have given that money to the person that I saw or not. But I had the freedom to think about that all day so long as I gave to the person in that moment. Huh. And, and realizing that with God, obedience really is is the way to the kingdom. Like, we will know who Jesus is by people who listen to him. Now, that doesn't mean that there's going to be times where you do what God says that you are doubting or you're frustrated, but that's the sure sign of your discipleship. You are willing, like you are valuing what he wants you to do over even your own emotions or your own mm-hmm. fear or your own doubt. And so, of course, I'm going to feel those things, but I'm deciding to prioritize what Jesus has said over those things. And so, yeah. I feel like that's kind of been a big part of my approach throughout. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's such a reassurance of like, you know, people sometimes walk around wondering like, do I actually believe the testimony of Jesus Christ? You know, that type, those types of moments where you say, I'm going to be obedient to this and faithful to this, even though I really don't know Mm -hmm. what the outcome is. I mean, that is like, I mean, theologians say all the time that like one of the signs you're growing in God is you're not always crazy about Mm. the actions you're doing for God or the different things (laughs) that you like know God with Mm. that you're like, yeah, I know that about God now and I'm not that big of a fan. Mm. Welcome. You just entered a stage of maturity, Mm. like to be able to feel that opposed to everything aligns perfectly um, the way that you visualize it. Mm. So one, I, I can tell you one of the, one of the things people would be thinking as they heard you talking about that was in twenties uh, in someone's twenties, 
usually they're feeling that first round of like disappointment or that massive wound, um, like for the first time in a clear way in their life. Mm -hmm. And you talked about how the more you enter into those hard places, the places where there's distance between your expectation and where reality is, you start to become like familiar of like, I've been down this road before and I can trust that something is being refined in Mm -hmm. me. What, what would you suggest to the person who is encountering their first like really hard like season or wound or disappointment who doesn't have previous experience to say, I've seen God be faithful in different ways. So I'll be faithful during this. Time. What, what do they tell themselves in, mm-hmm. you know, before you've gained that life experience? If they're just kind of being introduced and this, the world has just been rocked. My first thing is going to be kind of I take a playbook out of Jesus book is re- really try to figure out how can I bring comfort to them immediately. Um, and so that's part of the reasons why I write music. Music can be very therapeutic. Music softens the heart, allow allow messages you would say to get through a lot easier. I would speak with as, as comforting as a tone as I could. Um, figure out what, what could be done tangibly right now in this moment to bring a modicum of comfort. Not, not that the comfort itself will effectuate the necessary comfort to get you out of that, but enough comfort to let you know someone else is right here standing next to you in this moment to, in, in that way to reflect what Jesus does for us. Like his first action in, in our suffering, he doesn't come first right away with grand revelation on why it's happening. He doesn't come with all of our understanding of what he's accomplishing in it. He just shows up. And for us, just his presence for that first moment is enough for us to keep going. It's like, oh, if he's here and I haven't seen him like this before. I'm at least okay right now. And it, and it allows you to, to continue to stay in that moment. And then I would start to just probably share my story. I just share things that I've seen. And, and, and I take that out of revelations and I, and in just like in practicality where there's something so powerful about our stories, like revelations 12, 11, it says like the people of God overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Yeah. Um, Cause it's through our testimony that we see how the blood of the lamb is winning. We, we, we see how what Christ, we see how yeah. Christ works, what he's up to. Psalms 107, let the redeemer of the Lord tell their story. So I would, I would just probably start to share stories of, of God's faithfulness, which is really what our Bible is. It's, it's, a, it's narratives of God's faithfulness from so many different yeah. perspectives. Some people had to, had to get poetic with it. Some people had to write songs. Some people had to just say, hey, he's so good. I'm just going to give you a history of what happened and you're going to see what he did, mm. you know? And and, mm. and it, so many people took different approaches, but at the end, everyone's saying the same thing. There's a God, and that guy's faithful. See, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm taking. I'm looking. I'm I'm using scripture. I'm using stories. I'm doing anything to to continue to echo what those in heaven are echoing, what all the faithful are echoing here on earth. There's a God, and He's faithful. And let me show mm-hmm. you some of the things He's done. And we can't explain it, but the Holy Spirit shows up in those moments and it takes those stories and it plants seeds of truth in people's hearts. And, and, and the Holy Spirit themselves start to water it. Uh, and, they, and, and all of a sudden that tree starts to grow in their own heart and they themselves start to find shade in other people's stories enough that they have enough time and enough respite to start to see how God is planting their garden, to see what God is doing in, in their own souls. So that's, mm. that's kind of how I've seen God, God do it in my life and other people's lives as well. Mm, yeah and wow yep and i mean you know just doing the just even just saying like the that's kind of the steps that help us learn 
how the blood of the lamb, which looks like just a failure altogether, mm-hmm. is actually winning. I love that language. And I think I've seen you do that through music where you're willing, because it transcends how our words are incomplete. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can be able to say or capture a feeling that can respond to our hardest feelings mm. with that. That's good. What, what, uh, so I'm, I'm curious just cause that, I mean, that's an insightful, um, that's an insightful thought. It's a comforting thought. It's a challenging thought. Obviously you gotta, you gotta walk this road to understand some of it. What, what, uh, what voices have contributed to like kind of your development um, a lot that's kind of put you in the place that you are. Cause I mean, this is a very, you have a very open hand posture towards, mm-hmm. um, the hardship of life. And, uh, I don't think life naturally sets up and forms people to do that open handedly. I think, you know, a lot of the hardship and the hate and the disconnect we have in the world is because of close hand. What, who's influenced you on that? Like writers, authors, mentors, like Who's brought that about? Who's God used to bring that about? Yes. Uh, well, I can give you uh, several. First, I got to shout out Josh Ross. Um, oh, let's go. Yeah. It was, it was a sermon he preached right in that season. I told you everything was going haywire. He preached at the Bible lectures. I didn't know Josh Ross, um, hmm. but he preached a sermon entitled No Turning Back. And when I tell you, it was like the Holy Spirit just like used that, that sermon and just grabbed my heart and it has never let go. That was and his sermon was all all about leaning in and really not turning back, and that that there were going to be some things that were that would absolutely devastate you, but how God was was faithful through that. He gave so many examples, even talked about losing his own sister. Um, mm-hmm. And I just remember there was something about that in that particular season of my life that it opened up a willingness that it wasn't there before, and it, it allowed me to lean into some to suffering in ways that I hadn't before. And so, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've told Josh as much, um, as you know, I, I got to be his preaching intern a year later. Um, and right. then obviously I, I'm going to shout out a couple authors, but you and Jonathan, really, um, the, the summer I spent in Abilene was also an extremely formative summer. Um, and just getting to watch how Jonathan uh, kind of prepared, how he dealt with people. And really, a lot of times I, I got to spend a lot of summer talking and bouncing things off of you, whether you fully realize it or not. I got to process a lot. <laughs> I got to process a lot because I feel like we got to speak more one on one than even Jonathan and I, you know? Um, it's true. Because we were there a lot together. So um, I feel like just throughout that summer where I was processing a lot. So your voice, wh- whether you realize it or not, was, was profoundly um, helpful to me. And especially that sermon you preached that summer um, about resting. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. If, if you, y'all are listening, he needs to post the sermon. I need to go watch it. So I'm, 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 I'm putting this on Zane. <laughs> I'm going to put this on Zane. Um, but just like re- realizing how we were made to rest, like that was ingrained in who humans are um, and how we were meant to be people who waited for God to work on their behalf. And in suffering, our first instinct a lot of times is to do anything to make ourselves comfortable again. Yep. But yep. suffering is really a, a gentle invitation because God is saying, look, I'm here. So we can actually be uncomfortable longer than you think. And is this is the precise season where our communication is clearest. You're going to hear me better than you ever hear me because you're tuned into me. And I'm going to speak yes. things. You're going to grab them. So God uses this moment to communicate. And the communication from God is the best thing a human heart can have. Because mm. I, I keep seeing God tear down walls that the enemy has built 
up from 10 to 15 years, I've watched God tear them down with one or two sentences. I've seen him do it through prophetic mm-hmm. words. And so there, there's something about when God speaks, those words of life can snap people to the reality of heaven quicker than anything else. And so suffering is a moment that mm-hmm. for whether we realize it or not, it actually, our heart is actually most in line with heaven where mm-hmm. communication can just fall and really land in our heart. And our heart is in that season, a lot of times it's going to be good soil. The good soil scripture talks about when the seed falls in that season, it's probably going to take root because mm-hmm. like you're in need of water. So it's going to get water. You're going to be spending time with the spirit and with Jesus. And so you start to realize suffering is actually the precise season for human growth. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it really is. You read scripture. Um, and so just, just trying to help people, just trying to paint that pitch for people, give them a context to realize, I know it sucks right now, but boy, you ought to see what it's going to produce. Uh, and I know you don't believe it, but I'm going to be right here reminding you that this is exactly what it felt like to me. And that's what it felt like to David and Abraham and Zane and Josh and, and some of the authors, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Chike <laughs> Chesterton. You know, I can't, you know, I kind of mentioned it. Spurgeon, Spurgeon himself, man. He, that was my, that's my preacher, man. Like, uh, <laughs> he, uh, but he, he was big on suffering and in every sermon, he, he found a way to make his way back to Christ. And no matter what, what he was talking about, we, 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 he was going to make his way directly to the cross of Christ and to his resurrection. And so oftentimes that took the path of suffering. And I noticed it. And he always mentioned it and how he talked about suffering, how he contextualized it. He spoke about it so beautifully. It, it almost made you want to suffer. You know, it's like, wow. It's like, all, all I got to do is suffer and I can get to know God like that. Why can I suffer? You know? Right. And then, but I also in him, I realized the, the, the power of words, man. Like, um, and, and, and why you really want to lean into the spirit and how the spirit has all the words of life. And so it makes sense for me to spend more time with him because he knows how to, he knows how to speak about things that, that people really get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he was, he's like the, he's like my professor. Hmm. He knew how to contextualize so much for me, philosophize. So when I say that I've spent an unbelievable amount of time with these guys, it was just who got used, you know, he draws us different yeah. people based upon how we're made and who will resonate with. And I really feel like God did that with, with him in particular. And, and I like, there's so many things where I really, uh, I realize like I can, most thoughts I have, I can, I have them and I, I know what God has, has placed in me, but I can also, I can like break out the thought and, and say, okay, this part of the thought came from Spurgeon. That part was just revelation. That part of the yeah. thought came from, you know, uh, but it's illustrated. Yeah, yeah. But it's starting to realize how God speaks. And those guys just, they knew how to explain things, if that makes sense. Yeah. They knew how to take great big spiritual realities and really, really break it out for me. Like show me every part of the diagram, show me why that part works for that part. And so, those two were super instrumental. And then another guy, William Stringfellow, which he's not as well known, but he is a lay theologian and uh, um, went to uh, Harvard Law School, but was a guy, uh, a white gentleman, went to Harvard Law School, but he rejected all of his high offers because he felt like the gospel was calling him to the slums of Harlem in New York City. Hmm. And he just used his life serving, um, using his law degree to help correct um, institutional wrongs. And uh, But it was a great theologian, like his thoughts on how to how to live within society, as well as being a, a citizen of the kingdom, I feel like he, he has some of the clearest thinking that that I've heard uh, on the topic. And so th- those are some of the, the three that uh, have really shaped a lot of my thinking. But in, in terms of humans, really, like I mentioned them. And so really, I think now's the opportunity to really just thank you. I don't know if I've ever thanked you fully for 
for how much of an impact you've had on my spiritual growth, but you truly have. Like that summer, we got to spend every day was God was doing a lot in my heart and I was processing a lot and we would just talk about things and you, so many things you would just say would just be the key God used to open up a, another door of my understanding. So um, a lot of times, like do, like during the time, you don't have enough insight to be able to, to articulate that, but now I do. So I, I want to make sure I say it. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, that's all God. Cause I just saw it as you and me were basically trying to figure out something every single day. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. What would, you know, if, you know, for some people they're like, man, you know, that, those writers are people of depth and this is a season where it's like you could jump into um, someone that has a little bit more like writing depth mm-hmm. when it comes to just God and the, all three of them are, are that what would, what would kind of be your like go-to recommendations for someone? Like, let's go, let's go one for each. Mm. One. This is, this is the Armani Yelp okay. of, Spurgeon, Stringfellow, and C.S. Lewis. Okay. For William Stringfellow, An Alien in a Strange Land. Okay. I haven't read any of him. Yeah, you have to read I knew him. of him, he's but good. I have not read him. Oh, he's so good. He's so quotable. He's so good. It's like, wow, what a mountain of just like intellect and spirit-filled wisdom. It's just here. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like a New York version of... Uh, of uh oh shoot it's leaving me who he is oh no yeah it left me it's mm. gone i'm sure it'll it'll hit me it'll again come in back a to second. you yep um henry nowen there mm, we go henry nowen, yeah he sounds like a new york version yeah of henry that, that would be a fair comparison i think yeah um but yeah. and he also gives you like a lot of legal insight and a lot of insight into like structural um injustices in the system mm. Oh, and then one other book that was really huge for me was Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a, a, that's just as impactful as those other books in, in terms of yeah. it, its impact on my heart um, and kind of the space it opened up. Um, but re- really what I would say to, to people is that I feel like the Holy Spirit is behind so many different works. And because we're made differently, I think the Holy Spirit guides us when we're willing to the things that would most benefit us because it knows us intimately. Um, and so what I would really encourage is like a greater sensitivity to, to who you are, whether that's asking other people or just asking God for discernment and like asking him to really guide you towards some resources that will help you. Cause I, 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 I like those resources were not on my radar at all, but somehow they all got onto my plate and a lot of things have been mm-hmm. on my plate, but it was those three in particular that they stayed on my plate, you know, that they, mm-hmm. they, they didn't go and I kept having to come back and wanting to come back. And so just kind of asking God, like, God, bring the things to my plate that will help me and having a sensitivity and an eye for that. And you'll start to see kind of those, those patterns. But back to C.S. Lewis, I would say. Uh... <laughs> see, this is this is the beauty that I want people to see, because you hold you hold in your hand a very like um, a spirit driven view of the world. But then you also hold in this other hand three degrees of like being very well informed, being educated on like a lot of different angles. But like it's just it's so it's so fun to watch people try to like I see the dichotomy of you every day, mm. but only in a couple of people like you mm. do I get to see both of them hand in hand I together. 
well. So I just I just really appreciate. I love, I love that I love that you are showing your cards to the max right now. Because <laughs> basically you're like you're like all right. So here would be the breakdown of three books that really you should read at some point in your life. But here's the deal. The spirit's going to lead you <laughs> to whatever book you need to read. Like, I love that so much because it's just, it's the embodiment of both. But go go back to your boy, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. For C.S. Lewis, um, I would do Mere, Mere Christianity Yep. or Letters to Malcolm. Letters to Malcolm is all about prayer. Mere Christianity is going to just contextualize Christianity so well in terms of how the church came to be and, and how some of the doctrines came to be and like why we believe some of the things we believe as Christians or as followers of Christ. Um, so that was very helpful. But Mal- Letters to Malcolm is a book all about prayer. And it's like a, a dialogue and him just kind of one-sided, it's one side of letters um, and it's all, all of his, his reflections on prayer. And that book in particular just helped my prayer life so much. And, and prayer is honestly one of the most important things a person can can practice and, and, and continue to strive in. So just in terms of being practical, I would read Letters to Malcolm. For Spurgeon, I would just, uh, which is really Armand. Yeah. Okay. Don't, really, don't let him fool you right now. Man. That is really his favorite. He's trying to play equal right now. Man, Spurgeon. He's definitely my favorite in terms of of ministers that I've I've had to read or just like the way he explains. He can make anything beautiful, and I'm not joking. He can make anything beautiful, uh, and, yeah. and and I think he does. He can do that because the gospel truly and Jesus truly does make anything beautiful, and I think those that are closest to the, like the stream of of wisdom and understanding are able to articulate that reality best. And so I, I feel like his anointing in terms of articulating that reality is amongst the highest, maybe the, it's at probably at the highest level, you know? Um, there's a few others that I, I would put on par with that, um, but very few. Yeah. And so, yeah, but he's just, with anything, I would just honestly, you Spurgeon, just pick a topic. Peace, anxiety, and just type in Spurgeon, you know? And if something's going to pop up and you're going to be blessed, manifestly <laughs> see i let him blow up he he can't even get a book on spurgeon he just he's like the entire being the entire <laughs> right. being. okay well let, let me shift you let me mm-hmm. shift you because you've got you know you've got this very unique and i know you don't the best part about our mind is our mind doesn't understand how unique it is because in his world this is what the world is and maybe maybe he's right and we're all just living <laughs> in our mind's world but Armani has a really unique, like kind of like threefold of uh, fields of interest that really do overlap. But you've kind of got law going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this like I know you like you say you could really care less on the being a minister level, but like I think anyone listening to this podcast is like, yeah, right. <laughs> and so there's that angle as well. And then you've also got uh, music going mm-hmm. on, and I feel like a lot more people are starting to resonate with that because you can just explore more things and you can go on YouTube and literally learn anything that you need in life mm-hmm. at this point. How, what would be, I know this is a dangerous question because you've wrestled with this a lot, but what, what's some like some keys or some guardrails or um, just some principles of how to manage like passions all in these different fields. Mm. I mean, you can't do all of them at a full hundred percent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you found a way to kind of dance with all of them. Um, some by your choice, some not by your choice. How, how do you manage that? Yeah. Um, okay. So this is going to be a bit cliche, but allow me to try to re, 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 uh, represent it in a slightly different Even way. Better. Yeah. So, 
Scripture talks. Tell me, tell me what Armani's <laughs> world is, and I'll learn how to live in it. There we go. <laughs> nah. So now, I've like, and this is more of a, of, of a reflection now, not necessarily something that I knew or had at many of the stages as I was experiencing life. But uh, hmm. Scripture clearly says, like, seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added to you. Like, everything else you're going to need, everything else you can want will be added. Um, and I, I, was re- I was realizing that I didn't take enough heed to that. Uh, but I honestly think it's true, is that when you really decide, no matter what, what I care about most, what I'm going to seek first is the kingdom, then all those other desires, all those other things, God himself will start to order them for you. And he will actually show you all of your different gifts. He will actually show you the like the proportion. And he'll do that by, because you're putting him at the helm of his life, then he's in control. Then he can bring people into your life. That will give you greater discernment on what you should be spending more effort on. Like, so when Josh Ross, when he came, when I met him and we're talking in our first conversation, he said, man, I've been praying about having a preaching intern. Would you like to come be my preaching intern? And I'd already, and I, I'd already been praying about like, God had already started to speak to me about ministry. Um, and this is a man who kind of, whose sermon opened up so much more space for me, for me to even think about that topic. Like those are, are some of the things when you're seeking him first, you're able to see much more clearly. And then I know like I can do a a lot of things this summer or I can go to Memphis and learn Mm -hmm. and learn from this beautiful congregation, this church, from this minister. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but other times in my life when I'm, I'm not necessarily in line and I'm seeking things other, if I'm seeking my own career first, then I may be apt to choose things that make most sense for my career, but it may not make most sense in terms of what the kingdom would have me to do. And so it's, Mm -hmm. for me, it was really a, 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 a slight mindset shift that created all of my clarity. It, it became like mm-hmm. less about what is best for my career. And it's like deciding, knowing what's best for my career, but asking God to work in me a willingness that if I, if it ever came to a point where what was best for my career was not what was best for the kingdom and the kingdom was asking something different of me to work in me now so that when that time came, a willingness would be there so that I'd be able to do what the kingdom wanted as opposed to that. And of course, that's that's the Holy Spirit giving you insight to even pray that prayer. Like that's that's too good of a prayer for Armani to think of. So I know immediately, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. So that I'm definitely going to pray that because that's better than what something I would normally think. And so it's little mm. things like that you start to realize when you're when, when you're seeking when you're really just trying. It's really just a trying. You're not going to be perfect, but if you just try to seek the kingdom, like try to keep God in mind first, try to keep what the kingdom may want first. He Himself is going to order bring people into your life, open up opportunities and let you know and then confirm it. Um, and in that way, he, he himself starts to order you and starts to guide you and you end up in a much better place than you would have been if you had just decided to do things the way our carnal minds would have told us to do. And sometimes what our carnal minds tell us to do will be exactly what the kingdom wants, but it's just a mm-hmm. willingness to seek him because sometimes they may be at odds. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's like the that's like the difference of like we tell people the cliche of like uh like like uh you know, give give your life entirely to God and people are like I'm trying but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to practically do that opposed to like make a God's kingdom at the center of everything you're doing and it will naturally gravitate you towards whatever God's leading you to. Um, for the sake of that time in that place and for God's kingdom. Yeah. Like it's, that's a, that's such a good shift 
going off of that. So like, can you, can you let us inside of your head for a minute of like, so how, how have you, how have you done that with music, music ministry and, and law all together? Right. Uh, yeah. So like show, show us some of the scratch papers <laughs> sure. that you've, you've worked through. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I've had a lot of time to reflect up, you know, upon these things. <laughs> uh, I feel like, yeah, for me, it's, it's been, it's been a, a crazy, like discernment process because over time you learn more how God speaks. But I think for me, it's been a lot of it has been, I've always been interested in a number of things. And so I've always just had like a general openness to want to do different things. Like I've never just been interested in only having one path, one career. Like I love that diversity. I love doing different things. I love getting to use different gifts, but with anything like I wanted to make sure that I was in alignment with God, but that's not something I always wanted. And so these days mm-hmm. or throughout the process, it's been, God, I, you have given me these things. What do you want me to use? Or like, what does this season look like? Or what should it look like? And a lot of times it's like, I guess the way I, the best way I would put it is that I have full submission and full freedom. And so mm-hmm. I am free to, like, I feel like God has freed me to, to really engage what I want, but I'm always in submit. Like my posture is one of submission. So I'm always I'm always checking in, like I'm always looking to make sure, like, God, are we are we cool? Is this what what you want me to do? And that's that's not a frantic thing, that's a that's a relational thing. That's just a friendship thing. That's yeah. that's in prayer. Yeah. That's hearing Him. That's seeing what my life is, how my life is going. It's seeing who God is providentially bringing into my life. It's seeing what revelation I'm getting from Him in particular, and it's placing all those things and allowing that to reign supreme over what society would tell me. Okay, this is always the next step. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not because uh, God did not, you know, God is not necessarily the architect behind all aspects of our society. There's a lot of parts that are clearly architected by, you know, the enemy or the forces and principalities that are not in alignment with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just learning how to, how to discern what's of God and what isn't, but really it's just, a, I think it's, it's a willingness. It's a true submission, which isn't something that, that you can create yourself necessarily. It's just a willingness to be in relationship with God and the relationship itself will force things to be burned away. Like it will absolutely, mm-hmm. you being the closer you get to God, the more things are going to have to fall off you, the more chaotic your life will probably look for a season. There's no question about it, mm-hmm. but, but knowing those things are going to help. Um, and so like, as I'm 27 now, like my discernment process is much different than it was when I was 21, you know, like now I have more, yeah. more spiritual tools to discern what's happening in my life where I know suffering is, you know, is, is a sign of God's presence, not, not necessarily a sign of his absence, where at 21, my understanding for many seasons was reversed, you know? Right, um, right. It matured, and you also found tendencies in yourself to yeah. be like, okay, that thing that I like to claim as of God maybe was more of my mental, social construct than God. Right. And, and honestly, the, the biggest thing, I think, is just knowing what, what are the facts that are non-negotiable. And it's just, it really is just a decision. Uh, and for me, one of those non-negotiable facts was that God is faithful. Um, and so I made that decision several years ago. Like, and obviously you have more than enough proof from your own life, from scripture, but it really just became a decision that no matter what happens, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm thinking, no matter what other facts are on my table, this fact can never leave my plate. This fact can never leave my table that he's faithful. So no matter like no matter what my finances look like, no matter what my life looks like, no matter what 
my disappointments in life. Those may all be facts right now in my life, but those can never remove the fact that God is faithful from my table. And as long as that fact is there and I'm looking at it, then I'm okay. Because I know the promises that are attached to that kind of faith. Feeling it. Feeling it. You ready for a uh, lightning round of uh, what would Armani say? I don't think anyone ever is, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a little uh, Zane construct that we're going to try out. Oh, then I'm all this about it. I love Zane construct. <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically uh, I've taken a list of questions that I hear a decent amount, mm-hmm. and we're just going to throw them to Armani. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you just give your short answer reaction to. Um, this is to no one specific, okay. Um, but we're just gonna throw the question to you, and uh, oh, you boy. answer it with it with it be, and also understanding that you know, once again, it would be also recognizing that the spirit may be doing something entirely different mm, and, in each person's and, life you see, as they're hearing this. And as I mentioned before, sometimes I just make decisions. So I've already decided. I'm gonna, Zane's gonna get abundant grace. You already have it. You already have the abundant grace for this game. So you have you have <laughs> you have all all the all the freedom you need. I've, I've already given it. <laughs> okay here we go here we go all right so first one uh is this question um Wait, and, and is, is this in a word or i want to make sure I'm, I'm 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 sticking to the format is this in a no, word no or? we won't we won't make you do a word okay. that that's just cruel that's wrong okay like, cool, that, cool. that would that'd be torturous Perfect. but just give like your short reaction answer to doesn't okay. have to be in depth okay. um uh first question is i can't hear god what should i do create space so i would literally just take an hour Go somewhere, don't bring your phone. Just bring your Bible and just say, God, I'm creating space. And something's going to happen for you. Is that our money guarantee? Something will happen? Yes, yeah, a guarantee. Mm, okay. Dang, you got an Armani guarantee just out of the first question. All right, second question. Uh, what advice would you give someone who needs to make a decision but doesn't feel like they are in the healthiest place to make that decision? I would say you're, you're probably healthier than you realize knowing that you may not Oh wow! So you may not feel like you're, I see you. Like you're not as I see you. As, as wow! No, no, no. But seriously, wow, that was good. Yeah, I, no, I completely understand where you're going. Yeah, no, but I, I honestly feel like like that is why we're called to be in community. And so, like you, you have already met the prereq for being a part of our community. Like we, we also mm-hmm. feel like we are in the healthiest of places to make all of our life's decisions. But we feel like the spirit is here, and God has placed so much of Himself in each of us that when we're, we're in community. Like then all of a sudden we're covered by his presence. And and so I would just tell him, lean into, find a community, church community, find a group of believers, use your family, but lean into some other people and just try your best together. Oh man. See, I knew he was going to, I knew he was going to just knock it out of the park with this. Okay. Next one. Uh, what do you wish you would have done more of and less of 10 years ago? So I'm guessing this question would be <laughs> yeah. exactly to you actually. So what do you wish you would have done more of and less of 10 years ago? Mm, I would have created more space for God. So as I mentioned before, like just creating space. Like there's a reason why Jesus would go off. Um, mm-hmm. There's a reason why we we find David off out in the fields, lying down, singing, praising, like just alone. Um, and it's just, it's been those spaces where each day I'm, I'm creating a little bit of space, whether it's a prayer walk or going up to the little mountains by my house. And it's in that space where the communication is is clear. It's really just you you create because the biggest thing. I'm sorry, this long answer, but this is important. <laughs> uh, but this is so important. No, so you I, got this. I'm willing to break the rule. <laughs> Go for it. The biggest thing that helped me was that communication that did, did not depend upon me. 
it, it depended. If God was going to communicate with me, he was going to communicate. And that when he wanted to communicate, he could. And that God loves a willing heart. And so that's why I say you just create space. Like scripture makes it clear in our, my life, is, our, our lives testify to the fact that he is always wanting to communicate us to us. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, all of us are in some way out of alignment with the kingdom. And so he wants to get us in alignment because with alignment comes abundance, prosperity, peace, joy, all the fruits of the spirit. And so he's always wanting to communicate. And so if you know his heart, you know that we have a kind God who is wanting to speak. All I got to do is go. It's like you got a parent who wants to talk. All you got to do is pick up the phone. All you got to do is go over to the house. The lemonade and the cookies are already going to be ready. He's going to be on the porch waiting. Just go to the porch. and You're going to be good. And so that's, yeah. that, that's how once that realization came to be like, and I just started to do it, I like out of faith, I, I promise you God started to show up. And, and it's a promise, and he's going to do the same for you. There's no question about mm. it. Mm. Oh, man. Another Armani guarantee. There's lemonade ready. <laughs> yes. Lemonade and, and okay. cookies. Okay. So that <laughs> so that was that was uh, more of. How about less? L- uh, less complaining. Huh. I was less complaining just because it, it took up time. And, I, and, and it distracted from what I think God was wanting to do. And don't worry, you're gonna complain. So don't don't act like you're not gonna complain. <laughs> but yeah. but what I realize, obviously, with wisdom, you realize, you know, I don't have. There's a reason why I don't have to complain. You know, I can be uncomfortable, but once you know what it's producing and you can start to see what it's producing, then there's less complaint. Even though you will still be afflicted. But in my earlier times, I spent so much time complaining that there were seasons where I just was ineffective. That I just kind of became huh. stagnant, and I was willing to. It was more comfortable for me to just kind of sink into the the horribleness of the moment than to rise to the presence of the Lord. Mm. Mm. I see. All right, so next one, uh, and this one, I'm I'm really curious on your artist level. Uh, how do you how do you get creativity inspired in you when you're not feeling it? People are is, are the biggest. Um, you meet so many interesting people, like, huh? People are, to me are the the greatest creation ever. Like it's a as a, as a person, they have thoughts, they have so many experiences, and they have a, a, a truly unique perspective on, on life. You can only get what they've got from them. Uh, and there, yep. there are certain things I can only, I'll only be ever, ever be able to see because I'm friends with you. Yeah. And, and because of that, you have infinite value to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when I'm stagnant, I just honestly just think back through the week. Think about who, like, who did I speak to? What did we talk about? What, what were the revelation, like, what were the aha moments? that I, I was able to glean from some, because it, sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's a, it's a, a, it's a fun fact. Sometimes it's a sentence. Like they say something, I'm like, oh my God, you just dropped truth on me. That's crazy. Like mm. you didn't even realize, mm. but I don't miss it. Like I'm always listening because I'm, I'm waiting for yeah. those things. And so yeah. a lot of times that's where I get, like a lot of my sermon fodder comes from that. Because a lot of times it's like when I get something brand new from someone else, I get to take that new Jim and I get to polish it with all the years I've spent with the Lord. So I get to huh. I get to reflect upon this new thing that I've never considered before from all these diff- from all of the wisdom and understanding that God has is allowing me to share with him. You know, he's he's given me yep. some of his understanding and so uh, now it becomes a new new thing, you know? Um uh-huh. and so a lot of times for sermons when I'm I'm trying to figure out how how would I explain this? It's like, oh, that that would be a super cool way to explain the story like using their perspective and kind of coupling that with some of my reflections. Wow. That's, that's profound now, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the same thing for music is like, uh, it can be a word or something that it will be a title or uh, something someone said or an emotion. I'll see an emotion 
And I, I don't think I, I want to write that down. Like I want to write this moment down. And then, so it's, it could be any number of things, but a lot of times it's people. Like I'll start, if it's not God, um, it's, it's, it's people. Yeah. Which are just expressions of the image of God <laughs> just in it. So, I mean, you're still going to loop back around yeah. in some way, somehow to it. Exactly. This is also coming from the man who at one point okay. just threw out, if you don't follow our money, you should, but he just threw out uh, different words and his promise his Armani promise was I will make a song uh, I think it was like a song lyric out of the word I don't think it was chorus it was just like lyric in general and you made it happen <laughs> you just oh, made yeah. it happen with people so I was dead curious to see how that how that question would fare for you oh yeah and also uh, another thing for for writers just like when you, when you do seek first the kingdom it says he'll add these other things to you. The, the spirit knows our desires. It's really like for most of us, it's given us our desires. And mm. so what happens is that like the spirit himself starts to co-labor with you. When you really align with heaven, all of a sudden mm. when you write, the spirit of God is writing with you. Like the Holy Spirit is the best songwriter out, whether people realize it or not. It's the best author out. All the things that really pack power is the Holy Spirit working with people. Uh, and, it's, and it's creating a new thing on earth by, by using the wisdom of heaven and allowing it to be communicated through how you've been uniquely made. And so God, God is always creating a, a brand new thing on earth. So he's, and that's the, and another way we see the humility of God. He's giving us his, his, his unchangeable wisdom in, in new expressions and new, in truly new ways with the one of creation. So the way I talk about grace in a song is going to be different how you talk about grace in a poem or a spoken word mm. piece or a sermon. Mm. But, it's, but, but if we're both tapped in, it's that it's gonna have the it's it's still the the truth it's the rhema of heaven, but it's it's being packaged differently, uh, and so it's it's a special gift for us that we're getting to be the special messengers of God in this unique way. Um, but th- these are all the benefits that come with being in alignment with God, and when that happens, I guarantee you'll you'll literally just just start to see yourself improve in ways that you can't explain. My piano playing has gotten better in ways that I cannot explain. My music writing has gotten better. My preaching has gotten better in ways that I can't explain other than I know for a fact that this is the spirit of God. He is here and he's making me better. Hmm. And the reason why it wants, and the reason why it wants to make us better is because it's given us a light and it doesn't want to hide that light because that light that is given us is reflecting who God is. And that's how God is drawing all men into himself. We are his ambassadors. It's as if God is making his appeal to mankind through us. And so the more pure our heart becomes, the more we can reflect that light. And so the more we're willing to engage that process, the more he's willing to speak. So the more he's go, he's willing to pour out upon us. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. And I'm, I'm noticing it. And I'm sitting here like, wow, last week I couldn't do these things. Mm-hmm. And I haven't practiced. And now I can do these things. And they're enhanced. They're enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's just cruel to try and make this like a short answer for you. <laughs> that's just, that's just, it's just cruel to do. <laughs> Okay, so this is the last question that we ask on the podcast. Um, so we ask everyone who comes on and interviews. Uh, so this is your question, Armani. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you on to in life? What's next? Is there some type of project? Is there um, some self-revelation that's coming up for you? Is there something bubbling underneath the surface? What What are you on to? Yeah, so I, I, as we mentioned before, we we started um, just as we were talking earlier. Um, mm-hmm. How I'm working on uh, a book. I'm working on a couple Let's books. Go. So I'm working on a Let's book go. series. Back in October, I had like a series of visions, 
all over the course of a day and and I got a whole story. Um, kind of like uh, all of it, all of it, the whole thing, not just pieces, not just the pieces, whole thing, the whole thing, um, which I thought was super odd. And I was just kind of like praying about it and, and starting to write it. And then a couple days later, um, I was reading, I was stumbling upon something. The guy I love, C.S. Lewis, I, I stumbled upon a short article that he was writing about how he came to write the Chronicles of Narnia in the process he mentioned how it started with a vision and the things that happened after were exactly what had happened to me. And so I felt like, okay, oh, I know I, this I sounds crazy, but at least this has happened. Document, no, whether one else believes me or not, at least I know this has happened at least one other time right. before in human right. history. Uh, you know, and the books did pretty well. <laughs> and, so, um, and so I've been working on those. It's a, um, it's a Christian allegory, but it's so beautiful, man. Oh my gosh, we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, and then the other book I'm working on is a book entitled The The Humility of God. Uh, the Humility mm-hmm. of God. Uh, and it's just a series of reflections that I that I feel like have just been spirit-led, but all the ways in which God is, is truly in relationship with us, all the ways that we we don't notice whatsoever, um, but that truly evidence the, the humility of God. And through that, we're able to see much more clear uh, his heart and really just feel his, his joy for us. And so I've had a blast writing that because it's it's stirred my affections for the Lord like nothing else. Like it's 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 called so much worship. Like wow, this is the kind of God we serve. Uh, uh-huh. And it's kind of bringing this like beautiful piece out of you as you're exiting out of well, exiting maybe too far for me to say, <laughs> but just like you've been coming out of a really challenging season yeah. and mm-hmm. you're working on this like massive like piece yes. altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then still, I'm working at a church called Reconcile LA. Um, it's, which is right here in Hollywood, um, but their heart is uh, one of the ministers works in for a ministry that is all about uh, helping bring the gospel to disabled all over the world. So they bring mm-hmm. uh, wheelchairs and um, and all sorts of medical equipment for the disabled uh, and bring the gospel along with it. Um, and the other head pastor is the head chaplain at the Union Rescue Mission, which is the like the the iconic and largest uh, mission in at Los Angeles. Um, uh-huh. And Los Angeles has like the worst homeless problem in the, in the nation, um, and so these are men who have really just already given their lives to just like the ground floor of doing like the I think the the truest work of the kingdom, which is caring for the most vulnerable. Um, and so that's where my heart is. So I'm through music, through preaching, through the law, through my life, whatever it is. Um, I've been in the season of discerning everything I am for you know for the advancement of the kingdom and to protect the most vulnerable. And to really just, I think, communicate effectively just how good our God is. Like Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm struck with how profound it is when Jesus goes up right before he enters triumphantly into Jerusalem, right before, you know, he dies and then rises to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he's up there and he's crying. We find him weeping and he's saying, if only they could see the things that would bring them peace. Like even today they would have peace. And so Jesus is saying that we, mm. we really have a vision problem. Mm. Uh, and so I think through communication, through the, the arts, through movies, through television, through books, through preaching, through music, uh-huh. I'm, I want to, through the law, I want to spend all of my energies al- uh, yeah, along with others to communicate the reality, like the actual reality of who God is. In the clear picture we get of the actual reality, like when people see Jesus and, come, and truly come in contact to what he's actually like in the spirit comes behind and confirms those things that's when you have revival and but it's always a move by god and so i feel like that's what we're on the brink of i think that's why there's been so much shaking in our world um Mm. 
that, that's why there's been so much unrest um, because there's a move of God coming because all of his promises are true. He's not, he doesn't remain silent forever. Like, of course not. He's heard every prayer. He's seen the injustices. Um, and scripture tells us kind of, and we, and we see the pattern of what things that start to happen before God moves. And it's always a shaking. There's always a shaking and there's always, uh, there's, there's going to be some uh, prophetic voices. Those who, who are probably going to be, had, had to have been in a very tough season, but God needed to afflict them so that they could have clear communication because the, the mm-hmm. times were that dire. You're going to have a lot of confusion. You're going to have fear, but you're going to have a remnant who, who are deciding, regardless of the fear, I'm going to continue to put on the whole armor of God and I'm going to be strong and courageous. And I know that my God is good for it. Um, I'm, I'm a part of this testimony of people who walked with him if, all the way till today. And there's people I meet today who are saying the same thing, including myself. And so just knowing that we're grafted into this, this much larger story. So yeah, that's how I would briefly answer that question in about one <laughs> yeah. or two sentences. Yeah, and and you are <laughs> and you are you are thriving in it. It sounds like yeah, exactly. I'm I'm excited <laughs> and I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm really curious what what's it going to manifest as far as like book coming out and your ministry of it and the fold of that. But I'm also just very thankful to God what God has laid on your mm-hmm. heart for um, this season because it's obvious that I mean. As you said, it's obvious that our world is at a place of unrest. It's obvious that God is placing some things on you right now. Yeah, and so. if you hear nothing else from me, just know that you're, you're hearing one guy. You don't know him, but his life testimony, what he's what he's bet his life on, uh, and what he's willing to bet his life on is the fact that God is faithful. And he's had experiences with mm-hmm. with the God of Israel, the one we read about in Scripture, who just keeps showing up in his life. And he's thoroughly convinced that God is who he says he is. So. That's just my testimony. I know there's so many other voices, mm-hmm. but that's just me throwing my voice in there saying, I, I too believe that he is thoroughly faithful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. There he is. What do you think? I always feel like this is a one-way conversation with you. Anyways, send in your emails or direct messages. Also, by the way, clutch guys clutch i love that you've been reaching out to some of the podcast guests these are really neat people so feel free to direct message them we usually always try to make sure that you know their contacts in some way but not in like a weird way of like their social security number or anything like that so if you haven't subscribed to us want to let you know the way to make sure that you don't miss out on the next series or next uh, batch of interviews is to make sure that you are on the email list. We try to give you promos for that. And also uh, we give you resources that come with different people with that. So anyways, it's been really fun. This is the ending of season four. Next week is going to be what we call our Sabbath week. And then from there, oh, we're starting season five and we've got some ideas up our sleeves for it. Looking forward to it. Reach out to us. Let us know what your favorite interview was. And we will see you really soon, friends. Peace.